Good morning. I'm going to read the scripture for today, and you'll find it uh, in the book of Acts, chapter 2, which is on page 1078, if you're looking at the Pew Bible. So I'll give you a moment to get there. Chapter 2, verse 1. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly, a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Now there were staying in Jerusalem God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven. When they heard this, a crowd came together in bewilderment, because each one heard them speaking in his own language. Utterly amazed, they asked, Are not all these men who are speaking Galileans? Then how is it that each of us hears them in his own native tongue? Native language. Parthians, Medes, Elamites... Residents of Mesopotamia, Judea, Cappadocia, Pontus, and Asia, Phrygia and Pamphylia, Egypt, and the parts of Libya near Cyrene, visitors from Rome, both Jews and converts to Judaism, Cretans and Arabs, we hear them declaring the wonders of God in our own tongues. Amazed and perplexed, they asked one another, What does this mean? Some, however, made fun of them and said they've had too much wine. Then Peter stood up with the eleven, raised his voice, and addressed the crowd. Fellow Jews, and all of you who live in Jerusalem, let me explain this to you. Listen carefully to what I say. These men are not drunk, as you suppose. It's only nine in the morning. No, this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days, and they will prophesy. I will show wonders in the heavens above and signs on the earth below, blood and fire and billows of smoke. The sun will be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the coming of the great and glorious day of the Lord. And everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Men of Israel, listen to this. Jesus of Nazareth was a man accredited by God to you by miracles, wonders, and signs, which God did among you through him, as you yourselves know. This man was handed over to you by God's set purpose and foreknowledge, and you, with the help of wicked men, put him to death by nailing him to the cross. But God raised him from the dead, freeing him from the agony of death, because it was impossible for death to keep its hold on him. David said about him, I saw the Lord always before me. Because he is at my right hand, I will not be shaken. Therefore, my heart is glad and my tongue rejoices. My body also will live in hope. Because you will not abandon me to the grave, nor will you let your Holy One see decay. You have made known to me the paths of life. 
you will fill me with joy in your presence. Brothers, I can tell you confidently that the patriarch David died and was buried, and his tomb is here to this day. But he was a prophet and knew that God had promised him on oath that he would place one of his descendants on his throne. Seeing what was ahead, he spoke of the resurrection of Christ, that he was not abandoned to the grave, nor did his body see decay. God has raised this Jesus to life, and we are all witnesses of the fact. Exalted to the right hand of God, he has received from the Father the promised Holy Spirit and has poured out what you now see and hear. For David did not ascend to heaven, and yet he said, The Lord said to my Lord, Sit at my right hand until I make your enemies a footstool for your feet. Therefore, let all Israel be assured of this. God has made this Jesus, whom you crucified, both Lord and Christ. When the people heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the other apostles, Brothers, what shall we do? Peter replied, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The promise is for you and your children and for all who are far off, for all whom the Lord our God will call. With many other words, he warned them and he pleaded with them, Save yourselves from this corrupt generation. Those who accepted his message were baptized, and about 3,000 were added to their number that day. So the response of, they're just drunk, was really a normal and natural response by people that were observing what was going on. Because in reality, all the different languages, it almost sounded like not that. It sounded like chaos. It sounded like babble and confusion. But in fact... They were the languages of the whole known world. If you look at that list, if you get a map out and look at the list that Kathy read from Acts chapter 2, it goes from Italy to Istanbul to Iran and Iraq, Arabia and Athens, Jerusalem and Judea, from North Africa through Malta, the Mediterranean, to North Turkey, and the Black Sea. The known world at the time, at least, was con- that was considered civilized. And it was probably this world that lasted, that was for the whole next millennia. The people from, that, from those places were there for a party. It was a Pentecost feast and festival, a festival of harvest that they were there for. But the rushing wind and the, and, the, and the noise that went with that. My brother-in-law tells the story of crawling into their basement with half of their neighborhood when a tornado went through their neighborhood. He said it was like the loudest train you've ever been next to. 
It's kind of the impression I get that when it talked about the wind and the noise that was going on. It just sounded so, so like that, that all of these 3,000 and plus were going to see what was going on. And that was a normal response. How would your response be if there were 3,000 people in down, on Castro Street in downtown Mountain View and craziness going on? Perhaps that would be your response as well. But the biggest miracle seemed not to be the wind and the noise and the flames like, uh, the tongues like flames and the, and the languages coming from all of the people. But it was the hearing was perhaps the biggest miracle of all because they were actually hearing their own language from across the world all at the same time. So you tell me, what was the real miracle? I'm saying it may have been in the ears of those that were receiving those things. God was inclusive. Look at the breadth of what he was doing all at the same time. And it reminds me of, of Babel, and I'll get to that in a second, because it's almost like a reverse of that. But the inclusiveness was not just all of the people's and all of their cultures and all of their traditions that was that was uh, um, that God was doing all at the same time but there was something there was all the hiddenness that God was doing at the same time Sun Chan Ra in his book Many Colors talks about an iceberg and that when we live in relationship with each other and have different cultures, there's a little bit of us showing the things that we can see, perhaps how we appear, perhaps our language and the differences of our language. But he talks about what is submerged that doesn't, that isn't showing, that bumps into each other with, and preventing us from getting close. He talks about how perhaps we raise our families is a submerged value. And so when it's time to join in with each other, we bump into things. And it takes a commitment to get beyond the submerged iceberg. And this is what's going on here too because in a moment we'll look at the results of what happened. And so I see how they had to walk through extra things, the submerged part of life, the values and the, and the customs and the languages. In Babel, um, in Genesis 11, it says that now the whole world had one language. And they came to each other and said, come, let's make bricks and bake them thoroughly. They used brick instead of stone and tar for mortar. Then they said, come, let us build ourselves a city with a tower that reaches to the heavens so that we may make a name for ourselves. Otherwise, we'll be, we will be scattered over the face of the earth. But the Lord came down to see the city and the tower the people were building. And the Lord said, if as one people speaking the same language, they have begun to do this, then nothing they plan to do will be impossible for them. Come, let us go down. Let us go down. 
and confuse their language so they, know, they will not understand each other. So the Lord scattered them from there over all the earth, and they stopped building the city. That is why they called it Babel, because there the Lord confused the language of the whole world. Arrogance broke the people, separated them and isolated them. Time scattered them even farther, and hence the beginnings of those icebergs that kept them separated. And you see the irony of what's going on with, um, with Pentecost when, when God shows up um, with, with signs and wonders. And in fact, he's gathering people from all over the world that eons before had been separated because they were so full of themselves. God is doing something in the hearing in the hearing of the language and the praises of God. Some think that the display of the Holy Spirit is the main thing. But I want to say that what the Holy Spirit was doing is more than wind and loud noise and tongues and flames and spectators. He he is affecting the seal of our covenant relationship with the living God, and it's characterized by unity. The visible tongues like flames, wind like not knowing where it is coming from or where it is going, a roar of a winding jet engine reminds me of Elijah and his interaction with God. A great and powerful wind tore the mountains apart and shattered the rocks before the Lord, but the Lord was not in the wind. After the wind, there was an earthquake But the Lord was not in the earthquake. After the earthquake came a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire came a gentle whisper, and Elijah heard it. On the day of Pentecost, the Spirit was in the wind and the noise and the flames and the tongues. But that's not God's intention to be in every wind noise, flame, or tongue. But it is his intentions to inhabit believers in a way that previously only manifested in humans for specific tasks. Now that has changed, not that any should boast, but rather give thanks to God for the gift and the seal of the Holy Spirit. Notice what I'm not saying I'm not saying that God is not in wind, noise, flame, and tongue, but that his intention was not to inhabit it every time it was used for special purposes. A bit of wind and noise gathered the 3,000 plus who had journeyed from all over the world, and they believed, and in some elegant and shocking way, it began a journey with the Spirit together, overcoming submerged surfaces that keep people from each other and that keep us from God. Listen to the outcome, the end of chapter 2. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and 
and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were gathered together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. That's what happened afterwards. That's what the Holy Spirit was doing on a, on a particular day, but the beginning of a church, the beginning of a life discovered by the empowering of God's Spirit is love manifested in compassion, mercy, and justice. It is community because of love beyond duty. It is the peace of oboe living on behalf of, for the benefit of one another. Not peace of life is good for me, but the peace of well-being. Beyond peace like a river. Beyond my neighborhood is quiet by 9 p.m. Beyond serenity in the South Bay. Green is not just the color of our recycling bins. It, it's become a color of peace because somebody matters besides me. Children in Uganda, Liberia, the Peninsula 101 corridor, this is the Spirit of God at work. A society of love quite aware of the icebergs, quite willing to work, um, to work through both sides of the tangles. A love society, not the free love popularized in my youth, but the costly, costly love of discipleship, of following Jesus. What's our response today of, of a celebration of the Spirit of God coming upon people that believed in Jesus? How do we respond today? Is it any different? We've had the Spirit for a long time, so we should think differently. Spirit of the living God, fall afresh on me. Are you in need of a touch of the Spirit of God, ask in whatever terms that you have for the Spirit of God to come and touch you. Get where God is. God resides in certain places. He resides in places that are raising praise to him. But he also resides that the sphere of God resides in, in the sphere of men in the place of the poor. That's where God is always, his touch is always present. Get to the places where God is active and ask him for one thing this week. Ask him for one leading. Ask him for one answer. Ask him for one word for another person. Ask him that you would recognize when he's doing that. That's our response.
to a celebration of the Spirit come down in a fresh and new way that inhabits God's people. As a way for us to be uh, in touch again with how the Spirit is working in our lives. Even asking the question, what are you saying and what are you doing? And then what am I going to do about that? God is actively involved in the places right there. Ask God to align you with what he's doing. The wind without love is chintzy chimes. The noise without love is clanging gong. The flame without is an unconnected fuse. The tongue without love is wicked. And hearing becomes useless. The spirit unites in it with a common heart. And that's what we heard at the end of uh, the second chapter of Acts. We heard, their, we heard and saw their hearts coming together for the things of God. These are the places that the Spirit is moving. And if you feel apart from it, get to it. Get near it. The Spirit intends love, peace, justice, and wisdom in the local church. That itself is a miracle. That is a testimony that speaks salt and light and leaven to our neighbors, to our marketplaces, and to the communities that we live in. Today is a day of celebration of the Spirit of God coming. Alert yourself to your own connection, not just alone, but one with another. Father in heaven, I pray for our connection with you. Yes, Lord, I'm praying for my connection with you, but I'm praying for our connection with you. Not just Foothill's connection with you, not just Grace's connection with you, but our connection with you. Beyond being churches that meet in separate rooms many times. Lord, I pray that we are the church. The church universal. And Lord, I pray that we are connected with what the Spirit of God is doing. Breaking down walls, certainly. As, as Paul has communicated in Ephesians about breaking down the walls that separate us. But also allowing us to step to places that icebergs need to be chipped and made aware of. Just tell me what something's supposed to taste like. Just tell me what's the most important things to you. So that I can honor them too. Father, I thank you for your Holy Spirit and his work of uniting us, his work of guiding us and helping us, his work of saving. 
I pray these things in the name of Jesus. Amen.